Hi, this is the official podcast of Riverside International Church in Lisbon. Riverside is an international, contemporary, caring, and Christ-centered community. Our vision is to significantly impact the country of Portugal and the regions beyond with the gospel. Thank you for listening to us, and we hope that your life will be impacted by these teachings. God bless. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Yeah, it's, it's really good to start our week together. It's good to see, like Ruben just said, so many uh, new faces. Uh, and I was just talking with a couple that today are flying back. In the last hours, they want to come here and, and participate with family in church. And all these different stories, all these participations, it's, it, it, it's, it's boosting. <laughs> it's motivating me. And, and I hope today, as we, as we go and as we go deep into God's word, that we um, that we'll be blessed. God has something that he wants to speak with you this morning. He prepared something. And it's, it's nothing about me. It's nothing by my way of saying it. Because, um, I mean, even my accent is kind of weird. <laughs> and I don't have the English vocabulary, so you'll have to bear with me for that one. But it's all about of what God has prepared, what he left us through his word, and now he's going to speak. And may your hearts be ready and be eager to hear what he wants to say. So let me just start with, with a word of prayer. Father God, everything comes from you. Everything is about you. And everything goes back to you. Lord, we here, we as a community, we as a church, it's all about your plans, Father. We just have the privilege to participate. We have the honor to get to know you, Father. And we thank you for you being available, for you to reveal more about yourself in our lives. Reveal more, Father, this morning, and may we be ready to, to receive and to respond, Father. This is our prayer in this morning, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I have an older brother, and my brother, he loves movies. He's a movie fan. He even wanted one day to go and study abroad to be uh, a director. And now he's in Australia and he did his PhD uh, in biomechanics or something like that. But even now he, he left it, he stopped it and he's doing uh, uh, wedding movies. So he's, he's found his passion, he's, he holds to it and he just loves movies so much that because of him I got influence and I got also to love movies and cities and all of that. And I, I remember a story one day where we had a family that was staying for a couple of days in, in our house and even then... He went into his room because he had a movie he wanted to watch. I don't know if you watch a movie called Million Dollar Baby by Clint Eastwood. It's a great movie. And he just sat in his room. He closed his doors, his door. He brought the snacks and stuff, and he was ready to watch this movie. Well, a friend came in and saw he was about to watch the movie and asked him, oh, you're going to ask to, to watch a movie. What is it? Oh, it's the Million Dollar Baby. Oh, that movie is great. 
Yes, I'm about to, to go and watch it. And a friend, yes, I've seen that movie as well. Awesome. Yes, I know, I know that movie is that one that, that boxer lady and, and there's a point where she, she falls and breaks her neck and eventually she dies. And he's like, well, the movie just got brutally spoiled to me. Thank you very much. I mean, I'm going to still watch it. But what have you done? That, movie, that friend was labeled as the spoiler and we never talk with movies with him again. So afraid of what might come out of his mouth. That friend is was called the spoiler. But you know who is even the biggest, the biggest spoiler of all? Our dear Lord. <laughs> God is the biggest spoiler. Not because he wants to spoil the movie of your life. He doesn't want to ruin the movie of your life. But he wants to reveal what is to come. And he spoils it because he wants to give meaning to your life and a purpose your life. In the Dear Church series, we've spent the last seven weeks uh, studying, we looked at the first chapters of Revelation. And every Sunday, each Sunday, we, we looked at the different church, those Dear Church letters, we looked at it. And we saw how it dealt with seven literal churches in Asia Minor, uh, modern Turkey now. And to all those churches, there were some challenges, there were things they needed to, to change, there were some compliments that Jesus had, and we look at it, and we learn from it, and we took those teachings also to uh, ourselves. So the, the Dear Church series talked about seven literal churches, but in the present, it talked to us, and it challenged us about things that we, we need to, to, to change, and things that we are also challenged. And so I suggest that this morning we jump now to the end of the book of Revelation and we hear the final words that Jesus uh, had to say to his church. It's like a kind of a, a last dear church letter. Dear church, let me spoil you. But this time in chapter 22, as God closes his words, he spoils it by bringing light to what is to happen, which is his victory. This is why the book of Revelation is so beautiful. God didn't mean the book of Revelation to be a book, in spite of all those mysteries and prophecies to be decoded. I'm sure he didn't meant that book to divide us between the different interpretations that we might have. But because the book is also very real and very clear, God wants to unite us, grounded on the hope of its great end. So yes, there are chapters, there are passages that are difficult to understand in Revelation, but we looked at the first chapters and we, we, we clearly saw this is about us, this is challenging us. And now we're going to the last chapter and we're going to understand this is also about us. God wants to unite it in the hope of its great end. You know, because if you know that the victory belongs to God, that should fill us with hope and with joy. I don't know who follows the Premier League, but you know, if you are a Manchester United fan, you are now in the what, seventh place, half the points that Liverpool has, right? But if you knew beforehand, if you had access to the future and you knew that Manchester United 
is going to be the champion of the Premier League this next year, you would still be a Manchester United fan. You'd still be full of hope and joy, right? And even if Manchester United loses next week, you will still be like, no, I'm still going to support this team because I know what's, what's going to be in the end and I'm going to celebrate. In a sense, it's as simple as that. God spoils us, telling us, those who belong to me are going to be victorious. How does that change your life now? How does that build your hope and grounds your faith now? So let's read Revelation chapter 22. Let me just give you a small context. Before the chapter 22, um, no, the chapter 21, John develops already an idea of this victorious church with Christ. And he calls it God's home with his people. And it is illustrated uh, with a description of this new Jerusalem, this new city. In the present, we have the earthly Jerusalem. And now uh, John is saying there will be a new Jerusalem, which is God's home among his people, and it will be victorious. And he starts developing and describing that new Jerusalem, and chapter 22 follows it. So let's read chapter 22. Ruben, do you mind read it with a good pastoral voice, please? Okay. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. The angel said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in this scroll. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts and sexual immorality. Uh, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. Right, this is, this is how Revelation ends with these words 
with this description of this beautiful city. And we're going to dig a little bit into this chapter. Um, we don't have time to look at it all, so we are just going to highlight a few verses, and hopefully in three hours we'll be done from here, okay? Bear with me. <laughs> but again, has this chapter uh, started, or has chapter 21 called it, God's home among these people, this idea that this new Jerusalem of what's, what's to happen is home, is a citizenship. Jesus already presented this idea of home in one of the last teachings he left to his disciples before the cross. And he said, do not be afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, you believe in me. The passage there, thank you. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Jesus knew what his disciples were about to face. He knew the, the, the troubles they were going to go through. And he just said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in me. And he left them with his hope. If I'm going... One day I will return. And during this period, I am preparing this place. My father's house, has, my father's place has many houses, has many rooms, has room for you. Later, Paul also developed the idea of home, but this time not the corporate idea like Jesus had mentioned, but this individual idea. And he says in 2 Corinthians, for we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on, out, to put on out heavenly bodies like new clothing. So Jesus has have, have given them the picture of this corporate home that is being prepared. Many rooms. And now Paul is saying, when this earthly tent that decays, that, that fades, when it ends, we one day will have a new tent, a heavenly one, a heaven citizenship. And chapter 22 of Revelation blends both of these ideas and calls it all this God's home among his people. You are only able to, to inhabit God's, God's rooms that are prepared if you have a body that is ready to it. But all of that is being promised um, for the children of God. And what chapter 22, as it closes God's word, what he does is also linking to the beginning of God's words. And there's a lot of imagery there, and I'm just going to highlight two of them, but he links right back at the beginning with Genesis. So you've read that there is this river of life in the new Jerusalem. In the Garden of Eden, Eden right in the beginning, there was also a river of life there to produce fruits, to, to, to the, where the waters flow and we, we would be a source to all the trees and, and to all the animals. And this idea of river of, of life 
we see it many times in, in, in the scriptures. Um, and even Jesus says, those who come to me, a uh, river of life will f uh, flow through you. If you are thirsty, come and I will, I, I will give you this water of life. And now there is this river in this city. The idea of river uh, right from Genesis and throughout the, the scripture has this symbolic meaning of a constant flow of blessings. The source of spiritual life. And that river will be present in the city of God. In the Garden of Eden, there was also the tree of life. There was many trees in that garden, but there was this special tree called the tree of life. There was another tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And Adam and Eve, being told before by God, do not eat the fruit of that tree, they decided to be independent and neglect what God was saying and trying to acquire the knowledge of good and evil by themselves and not trusting in God. And sin entered the world and they fell. And in the, in the new city of God, there will be this tree of life again, producing fruits every month, producing a new fruit. This tree has the meaning of the eternal life, again, the healing, the dependency of God. And we see all these fallen symbols in the beginning of the history of humanity now being restored in the city of God. And those that are citizens of that city will be able to fully enjoy it. Verse 3. No longer will there be any curse. We have present struggles. We can relate to Paul when he says, the things I know I shouldn't do it, I do it. And the things I know I should do, those I don't. What a miserable man I am. We have this constant fight inside ourselves, right? We have those things that we, that we know we shouldn't do. We, we, we have God's standards. We have God's patterns. And we know what it is right. But so many times we fall. And we have this internal fight every day inside of us. We can relate to Peter when he says, The devil is around you like a lion roaring, looking for any opportunity to devour. And we know how we have in our daily lives things that can come from the outside and influencing us. So if, if you're a fan of movies, you're a, fan, you're a fan of series and you want to watch it and many of them have really cool stories, you will be um, presented with so much, so much sex, so much violence, so much betrayal. And you are always constantly also being attacked. And that, if you're not aware and if your defenses, if your sh shields are not high, you will be influenced by those things. So we, we have, as we walk on this earth, we have to deal not just with ourselves, but with the things that come from the outside. But one day, there will be any curse any longer. 
John Piper says this, and I, I, I need to read it because it's so clear, and, and I want to show you for you to, to, to follow with me. In eternity, there will be no obstacle to our relationship with God. Our relationship will be perfect. Our worship will be perfect. Now we have daily emotional, circumstantial, satanic obstacles. But in the age to come, there will be none. No death, no sickness, no pain, no cry, no calamity, and no sin. And everything will be made new. A new body, a new name, crowned, a new song, new heaven, new earth, new city. One day everything will be made new. This is not John Piper's personal dream. These are promises directly from the word of God. And if you mind to read back again the first chapters of Revelation that we have, um, that we have studied for those churches, we see on each church promises regarding to what John Piper said. So for example, we saw, to anyone who is victorious or to anyone who remains faithful until the end, it is promised that you, I will give you the fruit of the tree of life in the paradise of God. Remember the tree of life? To other church, it is said, your names will never be erased from the book of life. In to other church, he says, you will be citizens in the city of God. And to other church also says, they will sit with me on my throne and we will share the authority with Christ. And this is just a few out of many other promises that we have from the word of God. No longer will there be any curse. Verse 4. And they, us, will see his face. Personally, this is one of the most Powerful and beautiful ideas for me to hold on. One day we will meet our creator. One day we will meet face to face with our Lord and Savior. And we will know that it was all worth it. It is worth it for me to recognize my sin and my mistakes to recognize how much I fall short of the glory of God. It is worth it for me to deny myself, to kill my pride many times and let God take control of my life. It will be worth it. It is worth it to fight against lust. It's worth it to wait until marriage so I can have sexual relationship and it will be worth it even in marriage to remain faithful to my wife. <laughs> it will all be worth it. It will be worth it to be mocked at school, to be humiliated many times, to be called retrograde or old-fashioned. It will be worth it to many times stand alone for the truth. It will be worth to live a life in missions and many times with limited resources. Ara, stand up. Stand up. Masood, where are you? Stand up. Where is Sepida? 
stand up, Usain, stand up. It is worth it to suffer persecution. It is worth to be abandoned by your family and by your friends. It is worth it to have to leave your country because of your faith, brother. It is worth to many times be tortured because of your faith. One day you'll meet the face of the Lord you are proclaiming and suffering right now. You will meet him face to face and you will know all is well. It will be worth it. You can sit down. Thank you. It will be worth it to see that face because that is the face of the king that will reign forever. Verse 5, we will reign forever and ever with him. The victory that is awaiting for us is eternal. Thank God for that grace. All else fades away. But the victory that is waiting for us is eternal. The Bible says, do not love the things of this world. And by the things out of this world, meaning the things that take you away from God. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Those things that do not come from the Father, but come from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God endures and lives forever. Don't put before God your money or your possessions. It will fall away the next day. What is that? Don't put before God your own body or your own sexuality. Honor it. You will one day get old and your beauty will fade away. Don't put your own authority or your own power or even if God had put you in a leadership position, don't take it for granted or don't forget God when you are finally there. That will fade away the next day. You died and after 20, 30 years, no one knows about it anymore. Don't put your own intellect. Don't change it for God. That will fade away. Though these things are not bad in themselves, they should not replace God in making our life and making us neglecting Him. Isaiah said, I will make you beautiful forever, a joy to all generations. This is, again, another of God's promises for our life. I want to make you an illustration so we can make it very visual with you. So I want you, maybe here, can you, can you hold on one side of this rope, please? Let's see how it goes. All right. Okay, and you can... All right, this rope represents eternal life, no? It's hard to get there, right? All right, can you hold here, please? All right, okay. 
All right, it's, it's enough, okay? So the rope is longer, but eternal life, you know, the, the rope cannot actually represent everything. It had to go out of this room. It had to cross the city, you know, go back to the moon. And, but for this, our sake purpose, this rope represents our eternal life, this life that has been promised that we have just been reading about. And comparing to that life, our life is no even shorter, even shorter. There you go. Comparing to uh, the length, if we can call it, of eternal life, this is the length of our life here on earth. Call it 70 years, 80 years. Call it 30 years. You can be surprised. How much are you willing to go without God for this little piece of your life? For how long will you continue to neglect God or neglect or, or go after just your own dreams or be so proud on yourself so you can gain this and lose what's awaiting for you. The Bible says our life is like grass that withers. It's like vapor of water. And when we have the perspective of eternity, we understand that what we do in this life what, when God reveals to us, when God speaks to us, and this is the time that we have available, while there is still time, how willing are we to kill our own pride and to give our lives to Jesus so that we can share of so much more that is to come? This is a promise for those who accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. But the opposite is also true. There is an eternal doom waiting for those that neglect Jesus in their life. There is still time, though it's very soon. But there is still time for you to understand and put things into perspective. And to understand the Creator. And to give, a, and to give you, into the, into the, and to give yourself to this Creator, and this decision you'll take in this life will affect your eternity. Verse twelve. Jesus said, "Look, I'm coming soon." My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. Soon? 2,000 years ago, and you call it soon? <laughs> Maybe your watch is broken or something. Well, if it was soon 2,000 years ago, it's even sooner now, right? I don't think it's foolish to live a life expecting to meet your Creator soon because that will drive you to live a holy life. Peter said, may you be found holy when Lord Jesus come. And they just met Jesus, their friend, in a personal level. They loved him so much that they were eager to meet him again. So 
So they had this word with them, I'm coming soon. So they preach and so they share, he's coming soon. What are we going to do with the time that has been given to us? And Jesus said, my reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. So when you finally meet him again, you will be rewarded by the way you conducted your life on this earth. Not necessarily by how much you did. We will be rewarded for the way we conducted our lives. And Jesus is not looking for the how much we can do to compensate what we are not. But Jesus is asking us to remain faithful. To seek the kingdom of God first. And all else will follow. Gabby mentioned last week how she wishes to be remembered as someone who had done God's purpose in her generation. Remember that? I want to be remembered as someone who has done God's purpose in her generation. And that really reminded me of the words of Apostle Paul. And I, I, it's so beautiful that Jenna brought also Paul uh, today and we just see how, how, how the word of God is linked and how it, it's confirmed together. And Paul, in the last writings that we have, a letter that he sent to his disciple Timothy, as he was concluding his life, he said something about his purpose being fulfilled. Now, I'm not going to read it. We're going to see a small scene of the movie called Paul the Apostle of Christ. Maybe you haven't seen the movie, so I'm going to spoil it for you. It's all about spoiler alert, right? You were, you were warned. But you go and read the book of Acts and you know what, how, how the story was. But let's hear what was Paul's last word as, he's fini as he finished his life here on earth. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. Do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. already being poured out like a drink offering. The time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. 
finished the race. share this experience as Paul shared. The moment we close our eyes on this earth, we know we fought the good fight. We finished the race. We remained faithful. And the moment we close our eyes here, we'll open our eyes and we'll meet our Lord and Savior. Paul was meeting in heaven all those people he had persecuted before. And now he was sharing citizenship, the new Jerusalem with them again. He just greeted Stephen, the one he, he participated on stoning him. And now he was sharing of that citizenship as well. And then he meets his Lord Jesus Christ, the one who made it all worth it. So as I conclude this morning, I want to leave you with a challenge. And the challenge is the verse 17 of the passage we were studying. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. 
this is an invitation to all of us. For those that have accepted Jesus Christ before in their lives, this is an invitation to refresh your souls, to keep drinking from the water of life that comes from God, to keep connected with God, to keep being inspired by God's Word, to keep spending time with Him alone in prayer or with your family in prayer. Come and drink if you are thirsty. Have you lost track of your life? Have you lost have you lost purpose? Come and drink. This is an invitation for those who have not yet Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of their lives. Come and drink. Are you thirsty? Are there things that you're trying to, to find? But nothing satisfies you really because they fade away the next day. Are you thirsty? Today is another opportunity. Now is still time. And it's for free. God brought you here today because He had a purpose for your life. This is how much God loves to spoil you. And this invitation has been done for thousands and thousands of years to all humanity. Seven years before Jesus, the prophet Isaiah used the same words. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Listen to me and you will eat what is good. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen. Listen. If you have ears to hear, listen. And you will find life. This is the time that we have here on earth. Now is still time. You can put the last verse, please. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him while he is near. And as we are going to sing the next song, I challenge you to call on God while we sing. I challenge you to call on God in the next few moments. And I know I don't know all your circumstances or all your life story. I don't know you, all your background. I don't know how much you need to call on God, but I know that we all need to call Him for something. So this is a time between you and your Maker, the one who cares so much that gave you the grace of another day, that gave you the grace of coming here again, and that shows the grace that is awaiting for you for a whole eternity. Call on Him while there is still time. Let's sing together. We hope that God has touched your heart with the message that He wants to tell us. If you would like to be updated with the things that are happening in our church, 
You will follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Riverside Lisbon. Thank you for listening. Thank you.